Hey everyone, you're listening to the Connect Church Podcast. We hope this sermon inspires you as well as builds your faith. Enjoy the message. We are starting a new series today, which I am very passionate about. It's called We Get To. Everybody say, We Get To. We get to. We get to what? You're like, we get to what, Jake? Well, I'm about to tell you. This whole series is about serving. (sighs) See, now, you're not excited about serving like I'm excited about serving. Everybody's like, wait a second. What? You're excited about serving? I am excited about serving. Truly, I am. And I hope to just rock your socks off with the word of God today in relation to what serving is. Like, why do we have to come to church to hear about serving? Well, did you know, um, I think in our newsletter that went out, if you don't get our newsletter, you should get it, and you should read it. It tells you what's going on in the church. But in our newsletter, it said that the word serving is mentioned over 900 times in the Bible. 900. If you look up in the new, uh, the NIV, in that translation, The word serve, service, or serving, that's mentioned well over 1,100 times. If somebody uses the word serve or service or serving 1,100 times, more than 1,100 times, how do you think they feel about it? I feel like they're trying to say something to us. I feel like they're trying to tell us that this is something we should pay attention to. 1,100 times serving. Did you know that in 2013, they did a survey on churches, and somewhere between only 40 and 50% of the church body actually serves one another? My, I see your faces, and you're like, oh, that's pretty good odds, Jake. What's the problem? Here, let me just tell you what I believe right now. Here's what I believe an acceptable ratio for church serving is. Are you ready? I want you to write this down somewhere. So you can hold me to it, and I can hold you to it. This is what I believe an acceptable church ratio for serving the body of Christ is. Oh, Priscilla, you stole my thunder. 100%. That's what I believe an acceptable ratio for serving in the church is. 100%. I truly believe that every person in the body of Christ should be serving. Now, we don't all serve in the same areas. We don't all do the same things, and maybe you're good at one area and terrible in another area. We don't want you serving in a terrible, like where you're you're terrible at doing something. If you can't sing, you don't have to get up there and sing to make me happy. I bet you can greet people really well if you can't sing, or you can set up chairs, or you can take down chairs, or you can shake hands, or you can smile at people, or you can set up drinks, or you can make sure we have the Starbucks, or you can do all kinds. Listen, when it comes to church, there is a million things that need to be done to make this look like this and to make all of this happen. I truly believe, and I'm going to show you in the Word of God today that this is true, but I truly believe that we are called to serve 100%. There is something that everybody in the body of Christ can do to serve somebody else. So go with me in your Bible to Psalm chapter 122, and let us start here. Psalm 122. Today I'm reading from the New Living Translation because I like it. NLT. I like to switch up my translations every once in a while. I read from a 
I got about six different translations that I read through. I read through the New Living. I read through the New King James. I read the ESV, the English Standard Version. I have an amplified version. If I'm feeling particularly wordy that day, I'll pull out my amplified. I have a message translation. I have the Living Bible, and I will just go through them all. What I'm really digging right now is the Passion Translation. Anybody else read the Passion Translation? Gary, have you read the Passion Translation? Get it, man. It is good. If you can't, you're like, well, Jake, I can't afford all those Bibles. That's great. There is a free app that you can download. It is called YouVersion, and it literally has just about every Bible translation you could find at your fingertips. I get up in the morning. This is a true story in the life of Jake. I get up in the morning. My family is asleep. I head out to the hot tub with my phone and open my Bible and sit there and soak and sweat and read about Jesus. And I read it, and I do it in every translation you could imagine. And it's wonderful. So today I'm reading from the New Living Translation, Psalm 122. It says this. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad. That glad means happy, merry, cheerful. He says, I was glad. This is David talking. I was happy. I was cheerful. I was merry to go to church. Here's a question for you. You don't have to answer this out loud. Question 1A. This is a two-part question. 1A and 1B. Question 1A. Were you glad to go to church today? Oh, you answered it aloud. Okay. Was that, the churchy, was that the churchy answer? Yes, yes. Has anybody here ever taught in kids' church? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you know that when you teach in kids' church and you can ask the kids a question, just about any question can end with Jesus. And the kids all know that Jesus is always the right answer. So you can ask them a question. What, who did this for you? Jesus. Oh, you're so smart. So we all have churchy answers. He says, I was glad when they said, so were you glad to come to church today? Now let me ask you this question, question 1B. Why were you glad to come to church today? Were you glad to come to church today because you love to come and see your friends? Were you glad to come to church today because you love to worship God and you love to be in the presence of God? Were you glad to come to church today uh, because of something that you were receiving? Or were you glad to come to church today because something that you were getting to give away? Yes. Jesus is always the answer. <laughs> Yes, and those are all good reasons. It's great to come to church to see your friends. It's great to come to church to worship God and be in the presence of God. Those are all good things. But here's the thing. 40 or 50% of people serve in church. That means 40 or 50% of people are sitting in church just receiving, just receiving, just receiving, just receiving, just receiving. You know what they're doing? They're getting spiritually fat. They're not spiritually exercising. They're not using their muscles. They're just spiritually sitting on the couch, flipping through channels. We need to stand up, and we need to spiritually run in this, run in this place. You need to exercise. You need to give away what you've been given, just like that. Little Harmony knows what's going on. What if I told you today that going to church 
wasn't just about what you received. But it's also about what you give away. Yeah, you just need to come and preach. You just need to come up here and preach. (laughs) Yeah. Going to church isn't just about how it makes you feel. Isn't just about you receiving something. It's about what you are giving to other people. Let's go to Mark chapter 10 and take a look at this. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Hold the boat till I get on. Mark chapter 10. Jesus is talking with his disciples. And James and John have just showed up and they were asking Jesus a secret sneaky sneak question. And they said to Jesus, they said, Jesus, do us a favor. Uh, When you get to heaven, would you set it up so that one of us can sit on your right hand and one of us could sit on your left hand? And uh, all the other disciples, when they heard this, they got really mad. They got really mad at James and John. And in verse number 42, Jesus is answering them, and he says this. Jesus called them all together, disciples, because the disciples were fussing with James and John about what you just asked. And it says, Jesus calls them all together, and he says, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came not to be served. That's not why Jesus came. Jesus didn't leave heaven to come to earth because he needed Leanne to serve him. What can you do for me, Leanne? What are you going to do? Come on, I'm a little hungry. Can you come and get me some food? My hair needs to be combed. My toenails need to be trimmed. My teeth need to be brushed. My beard needs to be combed. I want to ride around on a horse. I want a pony. No, Jesus did not come to be served. But the Bible says, put up that next slide, Cheryl, with the, oh, you can't see it. Never mind. This projector. It says two things. You can go back to the white slide. There you go. It says this. He came to serve others and to give. Jesus came to do two things. Number one, came to serve. And number two, came to give. These guys over here got it. I'm not sure if you guys over here. Did you? Jesus came to do what? Josiah, he came to serve, and then he came to give. He didn't come to receive. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve and to give. I'm going to tell you something today, and I hope you hear it by the Spirit of the Lord. I believe that one of the most Christ-like things that you can do in your life is to serve and to give. I don't think you're hearing me like you should be hearing me. You're called to be like Jesus, aren't you? Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And what did Christ do? Well, we just read that he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
John says this. When Jesus is talking, Jesus says in the book of John, he says, I willingly lay my life down. Talking about going to the cross. He says, I willingly lay my life down. Nobody can take it from me, but I lay it down. That's the kind of life that we're called to live. I believe in a 100% serving rate. I believe that there is something that every one of us can do to serve somebody else in the body of Christ. You can set up chairs. You can take them down. You can hook this projector up. You can watch the kids in the nursery. You can teach kids in children's church. You can do all kinds of things to serve somebody else so they can receive what God has for them that morning. You are called to serve one another. And here's the thing. A lot of us have a mindset of, I have to when we're serving, as opposed to, I get to. We're talking about, I get to. You get to serve. It is your honor to serve one another. Do you think Jesus, when he came down here, do you think Jesus felt like, I have to do this? God's making me do this. God's making me go to the cross. God's making me hang out with these disciples. And they're dumb. They're dumb. They're not smart. They don't know the stuff I know. I'm stuck with Peter all the time. Peter just doesn't get it. He doesn't get me, man. Peter doesn't get me. No. When Jesus came, Jesus came with, I get to do this. When he says in John, I willingly lay my life down. Nobody can take it from me. I am choosing to do this. I get to do this for you was Jesus' attitude. And that should be our attitude when we come to church. I get to do this for you. I get to put coffee out for you to drink. Does it matter if you have coffee in the grand scheme of life? No. You can last for two hours without a cup of coffee. I hope so too. (laughs) But a lot of us have the mindset of, I have to do this. Think back when you were a kid, or think about your kids now, when you tell them to do something and they have to do it. How do they act? Oh, it's just terrible. You, they're, they're just moping around. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to mow the lawn. Mowing, mowing the lawn is the worst thing in the world. So hard to take 10 minutes to mow my lawn. I can't start it. It won't start. I'm not strong enough. Somebody else should do this. I don't want to do it. Then you find them laying on the ground. This has never happened in our house. Of course, it's never happened in our house. But when you feel like you have to do something, what kind of character traits are attached to that? You're unmotivated. You're unhappy. You're not serving somebody. You're not enjoying it. You're, there's no passion there. You, don't, you, you have that mindset of good enough is good enough. You're lucky you get what you get from me. I have to do this. I don't want to do this. I have to do this. We should have the the mindset of, I get to do this. I get to put these chairs here for you to put your butt in it. So when you put your butt in that chair, you know what? There's a lot of churches that when they set up the chairs, you know what they do? They are praying over those chairs. God, I just thank you that for whoever's butt is in this chair today, that they are filled with your wisdom, that their ears are open, that they receive truth and life, and that they leave this place changed. They're not the same person. They leave all that junk here, and they go away brand new today. God, I just thank you to do that. Then they go to the next chair. God, whoever sits in this chair, 
Would you just have your way in their life? Would your kingdom come and your will be done? Man, come on. That is serving somebody. Praying for somebody else is serving somebody. We're having a meeting after church today because next Saturday we're having an outreach in the city. You can be a part of that. We're going to pass out hot dogs and drinks and somebody, we have no idea who, is going to be face painting. And it's going to be wonderful. And what are we doing? We are serving the city. We are showing them God's love because we get to. Because somebody got to for us. And who was that? In this case, the answer is Jesus. We get to because Jesus did. Our mindset should be that we get to do this. Not you have to do this. I don't want to do this. Jake's making me do this. Blake's making me do this. Jenny's making me do this. Jamie's making me do this. Adrian's making me do this. I don't want to do it, but they're making me. No, you get to. You get to. And there is nothing like serving somebody else that begins to work Christ in you more and more. Because you are having to put down your own flesh. You're having to put down your own desires, your own emotions, your own feelings. And when that happens and you prefer somebody else above you, Christ is being formed in you and through you. You get to do this. Gary, you get to. Lil, you get to do this. You get to. Jill, you get to. You don't have to. You get to. Find a neighbor and look at them and say, you get to. And then tell them this. There's a place for you. Oh, see, now you didn't say that like you believed it. And half of you didn't even say it. There's a place for you. There is a place for you. There's a lot to do. (laughs) We're called to follow the example of Christ. And Christ laid his life down for us. If you want to be more Christ-like, start by serving other people. And that's the God's honest truth. If you want to be more Christ-like, if you look at your life and you say, I'm not happy with the fruit that I see in my life, start by serving somebody. Start by praying for them. Start by washing their car. Start by saying hi to them, shaking their hand, doing something for them. Begin to serve. And as you serve, as you humble yourself, See, it said in, in this beginning verse, it says this. It says, you know, you know the people in the world They lord it over you. They take their authority. They let you know that they're the boss and that you're there to serve them. But he says, this isn't the way that it should be. The way that it should be is that you come and serve other people. And you give away. You give away. You give and 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 you give. This is how we're called to live our life, Faye, right? Let's move on to another scripture. I feel, like, I feel like you need to digest this verse a little more. 
I'm just going to let you ponder. I'm going to let you dwell on this verse. I want you to go home this week, and I want you to think about this verse. And I want you to think to yourself, how does this apply to me? If Jesus, he says, for even, not even the Son of Man, not even the Son of Man, who is who? Jesus. Again, Jesus is the correct answer. For not even the Son of Man came to be served, but to serve. And if Jesus came to serve, shouldn't we also serve? Absolutely. Absolutely. Go with me to Colossians 3. Colossians is also in the New Testament. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. No. I had a friend that would remember where Colossians was because he would say God's electric power company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Um, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says this. Oh, and this is good. Isn't it good? And here's what I like about it. The first thing I like about it is that word willingly. Man, I like that word. Work willingly. Work willingly. There's a lot you're going to find in the Bible about doing things willingly. About doing them of your own accord. Where nobody's making you do them, but you are saying, I want to do this. I want to do this. He says, work willingly at whatever you do. As though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Do you ever have this thought while you're doing something? Jesus is watching me. Do you ever? When you're here, when you're here helping and you're setting up chairs, do you ever say to yourself, I'm setting up these chairs for Jesus and not for Jamie? When you're getting the coffee at Starbucks, do you say, I'm getting the coffee for Jesus, not for Tony, not for Tasha, definitely not for Pat. <laughs> Pat doesn't drink coffee, that's why. <laughs> Woo, that was a good one. Do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. Everything you do, do it willingly and do it this way, like you're doing it for God himself. It kind of puts a different spin on when you do things. If you thought to yourself, you know, Jesus is walking in this room today. Jesus is going to be drinking this tea. Jesus is going to be sitting in these chairs. Jesus is going to be looking at the words on the screen. Jesus is going to be listening to me preach. If you thought about things that way, would it change the way that you did them? I always love it when, when somebody important comes somewhere and you see like the whole, you know, when, when like the queen comes to Canada and the entire nation gets like repainted. All the government buildings are repainted and all the carpets put in new. And they do everything because, look busy, the queen's coming. Get to work. Make it look good. We want the queen to think that Canada's doing okay. So we make everything look nice. 
We do the best job we possibly can because the queen's coming or the prime minister's coming or the president's coming or whoever is coming. We want them to think good about us, so we do the best job we can. But then sometimes when it comes to church and it comes to serving one another, we do the worst job. We do the lowest that we, oh, we can get by with this. And I'm here to tell you today that when you do something in the kingdom of God, do it as though you're doing it to God himself. Because, listen, here's the thing. You are doing it for God. I'm glad Cam's here today. Let's look at one more scripture together. We've got a few minutes left, and I want to show you this one last scripture. You know, in the Old Testament, let me just read this to you for a second. I'm going to keep you in suspense about this one amazing scripture we're going to go to. And you're just going to have to sit there and say, I just want to know what scripture you're going to. And I'm going to say, you have to wait on the edge of your seats. In the Old Testament, the word servant is this, ebed. And it contains two key ingredients in that word. There's two parts. There's action and there's obedience. And that's what a servant was. And these are people in the Old Testament that were listed as servants. Are you ready for this? Because I want to be found in this list of names one day. Abraham. Anybody ever heard of Abraham? He was called Abram for a while. Then his wife got pregnant when she was really old. And his name got changed to Abraham. He was the father of many nations. Took his son up a mountain. Was going to kill him because God told him to. Do you guys know about this guy? I'm not sure if you know this guy. Okay, you do know this guy. Just checking. So Abraham, Jacob, first Jacob, I'm second Jacob. We're the only two that have ever existed, just to be clear. Joshua, do you know who Joshua is? Ruth, ever heard of Ruth? Samuel? I love the story of Samuel. I love the story of Samuel. Jesse, do you know who Jesse is? Okay. Hannah, do you know who Hannah is? Isaiah, anybody heard of Isaiah? He wrote a book in the Bible. Daniel, anybody know Daniel? These are all people that have been called servants of God. Action and obedience in the Old Testament made you a servant. Action and obedience. Here's one. Moses. Anybody heard of Moses? You know that Moses is called a servant of God over 40 times in the Old Testament? 40 times. And then there's David. Anybody heard of David? David. David's been called the servant of God over 50 times. Someone who acts and obeys. A servant is somebody who your life is not your own. If you go to the New Testament, you see the apostles when they are writing letters, what do they always start by saying? Adrian was talking about this last week. So-and-so, a bond servant of Christ. I am a servant of God. I'm a slave of God. He's my master. What does that imply? It means your life is not your own. You act and you obey to what he says to do. We are called to serve one another. We get to serve people. So let's go to this one last verse. 1 Peter chapter 4. And in verse 10 it says this. And if you highlight and underline in your Bible, this should be like 
highlighted, underlined, 17 different colors, lots of circles around certain words, like this verse needs to stand out to you. God has given each of you a gift. God has given each of you a gift. There's a gift that every one of us has. There's something that God has called each of you to do. There's a way that you can serve one another because God has given each of us a gift. They're all different. They all look different ways. We use them different ways. But God's given each and every one of us a gift. That means there is nobody ever, never that God created that didn't have a gift they could use. Why? Because we were created in his image and he came to use those gifts that he had and to serve. So we have to come along and use the gifts he gives us and to serve. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well to serve one another. You want to see a healthy church? You know what creates a healthy church? One of the biggest things that shows the health of a church is how many people in the church are serving. Why? Because they say, I love you, I love my church, and I love him, and I want to serve you. It's a great indicator of a healthy church. He says, use them to serve one another well. Do you have the gift of speaking? Hmm. Do you like to talk? <laughs> Do you like to talk a little bit? Do you know anybody who likes to talk a little bit? I'm not looking at you. <laughs> then speak if you like to talk as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. See, it comes from him, not from your own strength then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. If you leave this place with one thought in your head today, I want it to be this, that you get to serve, that you get to, that Christ served, that he didn't come to be served, but he came to, number one, serve and to give. And he calls us into that same lifestyle as him. We get the opportunity. We get the chance to serve one another. To use those spiritual gifts that we just read about in 1 Peter 4, that each and every one of us has to glorify God. Isn't that what it says it's for? If you like to talk, then speak as though God is speaking through you. If you have the gift to help somebody, then do it with the great strength that he provides. And all glory and honor be to him. Stand up with me. Now you could leave this place today and say, you know what? 
I just feel like Jake talked about serving for a long time and, and uh, it wasn't very spiritually deep and spiritually mature. But I would say to you, right to your face, I disagree. Because I don't believe there's much more spiritual act that you could do. I don't believe there's much more that is Christ-like than serving one another. It looks a million different ways for a million different people, and there's all things we can all do in different ways that God is calling us to do. And when we do that, when we lay ourselves down, you know, one of the greatest things I read about Jesus in the Bible is when Jesus was going to the cross and he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he say? I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. Really, really, really don't want to go through all this. Didn't he say that? Wasn't he sweating, the Bible says, like great drops of blood? But then what did he go on and say? Nevertheless, it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter how I feel because I am a servant. So he says, nevertheless, it's not my will, but yours be done. We get to serve. I encourage you all. Our church has a really good ratio of people serving in it. It really does. And that's because we have a healthy church. But I encourage you all, if you're not serving, to find some area, some way to participate, some way to serve somebody else. Yes, come to church and receive. You've got to receive because when you leave this place, what are you supposed to do? Give it away. But when you're here, find something to put your hand to and serve and serve and serve and give and love the whole time you do. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We want to encourage you to take what you just heard and let it go deeply into your heart to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. We also want to encourage you to be a part of what's going on here at Connect. Head over to connectchurch.ca to find out how.